Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. You can stay standing. I just want to welcome you into the house of the Lord today. It is so good to be here with you. I want to welcome any visitors we may have here with us this morning. It is so good to have you, and we just ask that you make yourself right at home. Last week, we talked about the rest of God, and I think everybody in this place wants the rest of God. Amen. But there's so many things in our day-to-day life that try to steal that rest, that, that peace, that joy in our hearts whenever the distractions of life come, whenever the storms of life come and it begins to look dark. It's in those moments and it's in those seasons where we need to stir up our faith, amen. We need to begin to speak into the darkness and say, Satan, no, you're not going to have your way in my life. Your plan is not going to succeed. Begin to take your thoughts captive. Begin to take your words captive. Amen. Begin to speak the precious things. Begin to think the precious things. And all of a sudden, God will take that huge situation that you thought was so big and he'll diminish it down to nothing. Amen. This morning, that's what I want us to do as we sing. I want us to stir up our faith. I want us to sing into any darkness that may be in your life this morning and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Amen. Let's praise and worship his name.
I've done sung my way into the truth this morning. Thank you, worship team, for that powerful, powerful worship service leading us in worship. I'm so thankful for our team that the Lord has blessed us with. Uh, we are excited about the upcoming youth weekend. They, it's this weekend, this Friday and Saturday. They're calling it Full Send Weekend. And so parents, the youth are to be, be dropped off at the church this Friday evening, 6 o'clock. We're going to feed them dinner. They're going to have a youth service, and then they're going to have outside games until 10 o'clock. They're going to be picked up at 10 p.m. And then the next morning, Saturday morning, be back at the church for 9 for breakfast, devotion, game time. They're going to have lunch, have some water games, and going to be picked up at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. We encourage all of your, your parents, make sure that your youth are here, and we want them to invite friends. We want them to invite all the friends they would like to come out and be a part of this weekend. That is what our missions offering focus is going to be today is for our youth weekend. We did not want to charge the parents anything. We're going to be feeding them three meals. We're going to be having rentals and inflatables and just making it a super fun weekend for them. But we don't want to have the parents have to pay anything. We're going to do one offering to try to take care of all the expenses today. So we wanted you to give from your heart and let's cover that weekend as we bless the youth in our church and in our community. So ushers, if you'll come forward at this time to receive our morning missions offering, let's stand our feet, welcome one another as you come and give in faith this morning.
Good morning. Good to see you in the house of the Lord today. What a wonderful time of worship that was. I really connected, amen, my, in my spirit, man, to the Lord, the spirit of the Lord just ministering to my heart today. What a wonderful time. And again, I want to echo Pastor Lisa and what she said. Our whole team is just an amazing team, and we're so thankful for that. I know being around pastors my whole life, you know, a lot of times they run ads and papers for musicians or try to, you know, coax them from other places, but ours, ours are all homegrown. Amen. And we are so thankful for all that God has done in our life. And so this is our month of rest. And so we've been talking about rest, how to find that rest. And you know, rest doesn't come, the spiritual rest for our soul doesn't come by just kind of kicking back, you know, in our little chair somewhere and drinking, sipping on lemonade by a pool somewhere. Rest involves us engaging some things spiritually so that what is coming against us, as Pastor Josh said, will be, will be taken care of by the anointing and the power of God in our life, that he would give us a peace that passes understanding. I, I should feel fear. I should feel depressed. I should feel hopeless, but I don't. I don't know why God is doing something in my heart, and I am totally at rest and totally at peace. And so there is a spiritual strategy for us gaining uh, uh, rest, and so we want to engage that a little bit more today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we do. Father, we take a deep breath in your presence today, Lord, and we are all acknowledging we are but dust. We, as you said, Jesus can do nothing without you. We try, we make attempts, we try to figure it all out, we try to do everything we know to do, we are fear motivated and frustration motivated and Lord we just try to cope and deal with things but Lord today as we sit before you today and we minister the word and we listen to the word we know there's a better way and it's your way God it's your way Jesus and taking that yoke and learning from you for your yoke is easy your burden is light father so elevate us in that knowledge today get it deeper inside of our spirits and all God's people said, as we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Must have been an amazing moment in time for those disciples that were gathered, gathered in that room for what's called the Last Supper. You know, there's paintings about this night. And, you know, I have a fairly good imagination, and it, I think it's a very good thing to do to put yourself maybe in one of those chairs, or in that culture, maybe they were reclining beside the table and just kind of feel what was going on in that night when they were confused and they were bewildered and Jesus began to unfold some things and say some things that they were not really prepared for. And he makes this announcement, one of you will betray me. And the shock and surprise of that statement caught them all off guard. Who is it, Lord? Who's going to betray you? They began to question their own heart and maybe look around the room at their companions in the Lord and wonder, now, who is it? And nobody knew. And you know the story how Judas 
dipped and sopped with Jesus that night. And I want you to look at this scripture, John 13, 30 says, And having received a piece of bread, he, Judas, went out immediately. I want you to catch this phrase. And it was night. And it was night. Now for me, and I don't think I'm exaggerating this point, this is an opinion, but I believe I'm accurate as I say this. The Holy Spirit didn't put that phrase in there just for any, just, just to say it. And it was night as the enemy took hold of Judas and he went out. It was night. It was a very difficult time and spiritual warfare is that it's most intense and you know the struggles in the garden as Jesus sweating drops of blood. The disciples are asleep from sorrow. They're asleep because they're depressed. And it's difficult. It's a, it's a night. It's a night of darkness. And when the soldiers came in to arrest Jesus, Jesus said this to them in Luke 22. When I was daily with you in the temple... You did not try to seize me, but this is your hour. This is your hour and the power of darkness. Jesus may have been saying to those soldiers and the disciples, it's a different hour now. What was happening daily in the temple while the light of day was shining and I was teaching in the temple... There was no arrest being made. There was no dragging me off. But this is a different time. It's a different season. It's a different hour. It's a, it's a, it's a nighttime. It's the power of darkness. And darkness is going to hold sway over us right now as we navigate through that. In Exodus 10, I rem am reminded of this to every... Uh, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. And it says this, darkness which may even be felt. It wasn't just nighttime. It wasn't just the sun ceasing to shine or on the other side of the earth. There is a spiritual darkness that's falling upon the land of Egypt, and everybody's going to see it, everybody's going to know it, and it's going to be a darkness so prevailing, so thick that you're even going to feel it. I was going to give you some examples from our nation, from people in general about how dark it is out there, but I sided against that because there's not one person in this room, not one. I don't care if this is your first time attending church in your life. Nobody needs to, be, needs to be convinced, any of us, that darkness is prevailing out there in our country, in our communities, and the people around us. You don't need a story. You know that. You know it. And it's a darkness that may be felt. Can you feel it? Every, everywhere you go, everything you... Here, it seems like there's a darkness prevailing that even can be felt. Ecclesiastes says to everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant 
and a time to pluck what is planted. Or in other words, there's a time to sow and there's a time to reap. You know, the disciples went through some struggles for sure, some persecution for sure. But the time that they lived in was a time of harvest. It was a time when people were turning to God in unprecedented levels. It was revival ushered in by John the Baptist who is preparing the way for the coming of the Lord. And people are repenting. They're going down to the River Jordan and they're repenting of their sin so that the kingdom of God could manifest Jesus coming. He was a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. People are repenting and people are turning to the Lord and signs and wonders as God the Father is attesting or confirming the Son of God, His Son, the Messiah, the true Messiah. It was a powerful time. It was a season of harvest. And it's very interesting to me in John 4 what Jesus said to the disciples. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. He said, I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. That's interesting. I have sent you to reap that for which you have not worked for, labored. Others have labored and you have entered in to their labors. Jesus is saying there has been some groundwork laid, men who are sowing, sowing in tears, going forth sowing, weeping, that didn't see the harvest, that didn't see the fulfillment of all that they were desiring to see. Their dreams, their hopes being unrealized. But without those men sowing in the night and sowing in the dark, no morning ever comes, no day ever comes, no harvest ever comes. In that night when Jesus sowed himself on that Friday night in that time of darkness, in that hour where the power of darkness was seemingly prevailing over the plan of God, if Jesus, in his agony, pulls away from the yoke and doesn't say, Father, not my will, but thy will be done, I will stay yoked. I will obey. Even those disciples who even in the midst of their failures and their forsaking Jesus, there is something inside of them that's continually propelling them to what they know God's will is. Even as they lose strength to follow, and all they can do is follow afar off. Even when they don't have the strength to speak the name of Jesus, there is something inside of them. That's propelling them toward the truth to keep sowing, to keep sowing, to keep sowing in my tears. If there isn't a sowing Friday night, there isn't a reaping Sunday morning. And then came the morning, amen, when they ran to the tomb and 
The purpose and plan of God had succeeded. Jesus had come to life victorious over sin, hell, the grave, giving you victory, giving me victory over our sin, and giving, giving us a plan and a purpose for our life and a home in heaven. Amen. There's some understanding that we need right now as we are in a night season in our country. We've been assigned a night shift. <laughs> and I was born for such a time as this. I was born in 1968. I'm 54 years old. And God chose to put me in this place in history, this sliver of history. I was born for such a time as this. Everyone under the sound of my voice who are born again sheep, you were born for such a time as this. And God knew in his sovereignty when all things would occur. And he chose for you and I to live in 2022 America with all this going on. And today is about understanding who we are, understanding these things, understanding our responsibility. 1 Thessalonians 5, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. Though darkness is prevailing, that's not who I am. Though darkness is to my right and left, that's not who I am. I'm a son of light and a son of the day. Can I get an amen? I'm a son of or a daughter of the light, and a son or daughter of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. It's easy to fall asleep in the dark. Very easy to do that. Those that sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night, coming under the, the influence of our flesh and the world, getting drunk, allowing ourselves, you know, to get to a place where there's very little restraint. We remove the filters from our life and we just come under the influence of what's happening in the culture around us. It's very easy to do that. But listen, we are sons of the day, sons of the, of the light. We're called to stay awake and stay sober. Can I get a witness in the house? But let us know who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith, knowing who I am, knowing who God is, trusting God in love. Never let your love grow cold. You throw it out there, it gets trampled on. You throw it out there, it gets trampled on. Let me tell you what to do. Keep on throwing it out there and never stop and never let your love grow cold in the night. And as a helmet, the hope of salvation, I could preach all these phrases, but basically, as we look at the last three couple messages, this is what it's saying here. Take the yoke. Return and rest. Trust and obey. It's not time to hide in the shadows. Jesus said, you and I are the light of the world. Time to remove the baskets and let our little light shine. 
Isaiah 61 says, Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Come on, somebody. It'll cover the earth, deep darkness to people. You know that's true. And I'm not talking about an exclusive club here, Eagle Heights. We got, I'm talking about the people of God all around this planet. From every legitimate denomination out there, there's children of God, there's sheep out there. It's time to rise and shine and let the glory of God come on, rise upon us. You know what that is? Don't get all spiritual. It just means this. I'm living in such an overcoming state. That people know that God must be in your life. Can I get a witness in the house? I said, don't over-spiritualize it. People might not see a halo, come on, or some light radiating from you like the saints in the, po in the portraits and paintings. But they're going to go, something's empowering him that I don't have. There's something about that life that I don't have and I need, and it brings glory to God, your Father. What gave birth to this message I hadn't got to yet is actually this verse right here. Psalm 134, rainbow word one morning as I'm reading the Bible, and I'm going, uh-oh, that's for me, isn't it, Lord? Yes, that's for you. Psalm 134, 1 and 2. Oh, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. Does anybody not, can anybody get out of praising the Lord? Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. All, oh, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, you who serve at night in the house of the Lord. Some translations say, stand by night in the house of the Lord. Some say minister by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up holy hands in prayer and praise the Lord. May the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Jerusalem. And there were priests assigned to the temple. And in the day they would go about and they would get the fragrance and the incense rather. And they would keep the fire burning on the altar and they would, you know, receive the sacrificial animals and they would, you know, sacrifice them and all they would, you know. And during the day, people were coming and things were happening and God was moving and it was harvest time during the day. But there was another group of ministers and priests who had the night shift. And they were like, now, what do we do? Do we go around and just kind of sense, the, you know, smell the incense and let it get us a little woozy? Do we, you know, we just kind of go around and sweep the floor again and again? What do we do? Not a lot happening right now. There's not anybody coming. There's, I've got the night shift. I've got to keep the fire burning. What do I do while I'm doing these things? Got a lot of time on my hands. And the Lord said, this is what you do when you have the night shift. I want you in that place during your night shift 
to lift up holy hands and I want you to praise God in the night. I want you to pray in the night. I want you, no matter what season it is, no matter what it feels like, no matter what you're seeing going on out there, I want you to never lose sight of your need and your responsibility to pray and praise the Lord. When I was 19, I had all these grand visions of revival, and I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not the Holy Spirit. All these visions of a church that would, my God, be what we read in Acts. You know, loving, praying, fellowshipping, signs and wonders through the hands of the apostles and all those things, you know. I'm 54 years old and 33 years later, I still hadn't seen what I'm looking for. Can I get a witness in the house? And I want to tell you, listen to me, in a very real way. If you ask the most optimistic person you can find, you know, the glass is half full kind of person out there, if they have any spiritual sense about them, they would tell you, we are far from revival right now. Far from where we need to be. We're not going this way. We're going that way. We're in a night season. And you and I are called to be the night shift. And while it's so easy to go, you know, Things are so bad. There ain't nothing going on in here. Joe, what are we going to do tonight? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. You know what the Spirit of God wants you to do? He wants you to stir up some light. He wants you to stir up the fire. He wants you to keep the fire burning. He wants you to keep on praying. Come on, somebody, and keep on praising. You see, in the yoke, there's a lot of things that are happening in my heart and my life as I'm in the yoke, and all of them are necessary. In the yoke, I must obey implicitly. That's week one. I must trust wholeheartedly. That's last week. And then I must praise relentlessly. That's this week. How do I know when I'm in faith anyway? How do I know when I'm really trusting God like I know I need to? Like sometimes I say that I am. What's the, what's the evidence that I'm really trusting the Lord in my life? Well, I begin to live in the awareness of God's goodness in my life. My heart becomes convinced of God's faithfulness in my life. I begin to truly cast my care on the one who cares for me. I begin to know and believe the love that God has for me. I begin to know and believe that He is everything that I need and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. I seek him because I need him. I seek him because I am convinced that he alone can satisfy my soul. That may be my number one worship song of all time. It just touches my deep.
when I get convinced of these things, this is where true praise begins. Praise isn't a song. Praise isn't being boisterous and clapping your hands. Praise can look like different things to different people just because you're the wild-eyed person that used to go nuts on the disco floor. Don't expect everybody to praise God just like you do. Amen. Don't expect the truck driver, you know, to praise like you do. But let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And when I begin to get convinced and my heart is open toward God's goodness, his love, his care, praise will be an automatic in my life. Thanksgiving will be an automatic in my life. And let me just say this. This is where the power of God begins to be released. This is where the grace of God, the anointing of God begins to be released when I can get to that place of thanksgiving and praise in my heart. There is power in true praise. Now, I don't need to question each of you individually because I already know the answer to this. I know that you, along with me, do not praise God like we should. Can I get just two or three? You're right, Pastor. I'm not as thankful as I need to be. I, I, I meditate on dark things in my life rather than what's good in my life. We need to do some acknowledging. Come on. We all do it. But let me just say this to you. Let me tell you the difference between me. Let me tell you about this pastor right here. I got to tell you God's standard. And I got to tell you that sometimes I fail in God's standard. And I'm going to tell you that you fail God's standard as well. But it's not okay just to make that confession and excuse ourselves and justify our Heart positions in life, we got to change. We got to grow in these things. Can I get another amen right there? And so we hear David in Psalm 100 make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with, and come before his presence with singing. How do I do that? Next word. Next word. What is that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Understand, have knowledge of. Gain revelation on. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves. I'm not happenstance. I've been made by God on purpose. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Am I and God has a plan and a purpose for my life. And so I know that he's God and I know that he's made me. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I am God's people and you are God's people. We are his sheep and we occupy a space that is God's people. That's me and that's you if you know the Lord today. If you don't know the Lord today, receive him today. And we can get in that pasture together. Amen. We can just be together. It's a wonderful place. 
yeah, there's some wolves, yeah, there's some goats, but I'm going to tell you something, just stay, stay put in the pasture, amen, God's going to see you through, amen. We are the sheep of his pasture. So there's a protocol for the sheep that are in the pasture. There is a, there's a way of royalty that we need to understand. You know, if the Queen of England came in this room, we would be coached on what to do when she came into the room. We would have to do certain things. There would be certain protocol that we would have to follow. It's the way of royalty. You don't just flippantly have this individual come into your presence and, you know, you just yawning and sitting back in your chair and say, what's up? That ain't going to work. That's not appropriate. Well, I'm sure the Queen of England is a wonderful person, but we talk about the God who created all that you see. The God that created you, the God created everything, and we're saying, come, Lord! I want to be in your presence, Lord. Well, there's a protocol. And if that protocol isn't followed, you offend the presence of the Lord and you keep yourself from a full release of God's presence in your life and in my life. What's the protocol? Enter into his gates with what? And into his courts with? Be thankful to him. Bless his name. Why? For the Lord is. And that my soul knows very well. When I get back into that revelation that the Lord is good, it changes my whole perspective. It takes away my critical spirit. It takes away my condemning attitude. It takes it all away. It takes the fear. There is no fear in love. Perfect love cast out fear and all of a sudden all I know to do is just be thankful and praise God for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting his love never stops and his truth endures to all generations Jeremiah you messing up son last week it's so bad Lord it's so bad Lord it's so bad and we've all done it. You might be right now. You might be doing it right now. He came to the Lord. He went to the gates. He went to the court. He was trying to go into the pasture with whining, crying, and so forth and so on. And the Lord said last week, if you return and give up this mistaken tone of despair and distrust, because I don't want to hear it. Don't enter my gates in that way. Don't enter my courts in that way. If you will separate the precious from the vile, cleansing your own heart from unwarranted and unworthy suspicions concerning my faithfulness. Pastor Kevin, you act like you know that verse. I do. I've, been, I've said it many times in my life. You know why? Because I've been where Jeremiah is many times in my life. And I'm not going to tell you, you're not going to fail tomorrow. But what I'm telling you, just like those disciples who failed in that dark, in the power of darkness that night, you better have something in you propelling you to a place of thanksgiving and praise or you're going to be in trouble. The 
Ephesians 5. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What's the will of the Lord for my life? Shall I go to this college? Then I'm going to do that. Then I'm going to go over there to this graduate school. Then I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to live here, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to... I'm going to do this business, and I'm going to move. I'm going to do all these things. You know, we talk about the will of the Lord that way, and that's nothing wrong with that. We need to know the will of the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. You know what I've learned? Many, many times God leaves me without the particular piece to the puzzle. And sometimes, oh, I know what to do. He does that. But more often than not in my life, and I think you're going to find this is true, he wants you to live in a state of worship every day and every step that you take. Thy word is a lamp into my feet. You're not going to, it's not a Q-beam. You're not going to run a mile out there. But every day I stay in a place of worship, and he, he, he gives me grace to put one foot in front of the other, and he walks me through life like that. What is the will of the Lord in my life? Let's keep reading. Don't be drunk with wine. Wherein is excess? Here we go again. Is he talking about just alcoholic beverages? He's talking about being under the influence of anything, this world, this flesh. There's only two. Either I'm under the influence of the world, the flesh, or I'm a son of God being led by the Spirit of God. Don't be drunk with your own flesh. Your own mindset, your own way of thinking. Don't be drunk with that. But be you what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. There's not a believer in this room today who wouldn't say, I want to be full, full of the Holy Spirit. You pray it. Fill me today, Lord. Give me a fresh filling, Lord. Baptize me, Jesus, with the Holy Spirit in fire. You pray all that. Let me tell you how you get filled with the Spirit of God. How you walk in the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things. I exhorted on this a few weeks ago. And I said, you know, sometimes the Bible will say things like, it could mean, it could mean that there must be, you know, because when I'm in this, surely he doesn't require me to do that. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a standard that God's expecting from you and me that's going to blow your physical mind. And he is saying just what he is saying. And he is meaning just what he is saying. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Get in this pasture bunch of thankful people submitting to one another, praying, having God have his way, being thankful, praising God, loving one another. And in that pasture is where God's presence will come. Psalm 133. 1 Thessalonians 5. I want you to read this with me. Ready? Read. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In one more. That's the kingdom. 
That's the protocol. Rejoice always. Never, never make a disconnect between your heart and the Father. In everything. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what's going on in my life, never stop thanking God. You don't have to thank God for what's happening to you, but you better thank God in what's happening to you. Are you going to stay in what's happening to you? And this is the will. What does God will for me today to give thanks in all things and rejoice always? Is it easy? No, only the Spirit of God can help me. Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord. And again I say, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. I'm just going to say this about that phrase. Let everybody around you see your surrendered self. Let everybody around you see your surrendered self. Resting in the yoke of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be anxious for nothing. How many of you need to hear that today? Be anxious for nothing. Every now and then I'll say, well, Lord, I, I need to be concerned about this. You know, we always cloak worry with the word concern to make it sound more spiritual. Surely I can be anxious or concerned about this. Be anxious for what? But in everything, there it is, by prayer, supplication, which means just cry out to God with thanksgiving. Well, you know, I've been moaning and groaning to God and, you know, telling him how troubled I am or whatever. Let me tell you something. Your prayers aren't breaking through the half-inch or five-eighths sheetrock on the ceiling. I have been there, I'm telling you. I want to hear some thanksgiving out of you. I know what you're going through. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God. See, here's the rest. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I want you to understand something. This isn't intellectual exercises. This isn't just you know, the power of positive thinking. Just try to think good so I feel good. That's not what it is. When you begin to get in agreement with God and trust Him and believe Him and, and the goodness of God becomes your focus, God empowers you by the Spirit of God. He touches you, if you will. He transforms you. He empowers you. He anoints you with His peace. There's a tangible reaction from the Spirit of God It encounters my fear that changes me. It's the Spirit of God. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, but I, we got a job. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there is any virtue, if, if there is anything, what? Praiseworthy, meditate on these things, and I'll say, alone. You got to get your eyes off of things around you 
that are pulling at your faith, your trust, your joy, your peace, your rest. You've got to, come on, you've got to keep your life in in an occupied space of faith and trusting God. I'm not telling you to put your head in the sand. I'm not talking about going through life like this, but I'm telling you it's not going to do me any good to hear what Fox News is saying. It ain't going to change my spirit, man, one bit. Let me tell you what it does. It makes me real mad. It makes me mad. I don't, I don't need to hear. I'm, 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 I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing right now. I don't want to hear that they're trying to put a ship out there, you know, in the water somewhere so people can go out there and kill their babies off the land. You might not have heard that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to turn on Lester Holt every night Well, CNBC is my favorite news channel, and just hear something that's going to pull God's love, joy, faith, peace out of me. I don't want to hear that. I'm not going to get in a conversation with somebody who wants to talk negative, unbelief. What are we going to do? I don't want to hear that. I want a Joshua Cative spirit speaking into my life. No, we can do this. No, we can take on the giants. No, God will fight for us. Yes, they will be bred for us. That's the people I want in my ear. And if it ain't praiseworthy, if it don't make me want to praise God, don't tell it to me. You all need to hear this, I promise you. Don't make me call your name because some of you, I know some stories. You better get out the ditch, or you ain't never going to be sons of the day, sons of the light, walking in sobriety in your life if you don't learn how to protect your garden. Love everybody. Love the lost. I had to go to DMV the other day, and I want to tell you, I just encountered two or three people. I saw a girl I went to school with. You know, just it was a wonderful, man, I was like, this is wonderful. I'm not talking about going to DMV and going, there's darkness here. No, go in there and be a light. How you doing? Ladies, go have my seat. Going to stand right here. 72-year-old lady, come in. Pastor Lisa, show her how to do this thing. Boom, 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 boom. They don't pull the paper number no more. Got this complicated thing. I don't know how to do it. She does. Help her. They sit down. They're talking. Somebody stole the lady's purse. Blah, 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 blah. Pastor Lisa gives her a $100 bill. And ministers to her and loves her. My birthday money. It's okay. Hey, girl, how are you doing? Judy Taylor. How are you doing, girl? So good to see you. I remember I had a crush on her when I was in fifth grade. Love life, vivacious. I just wanted to minister love to her. I'm not saying go hide in a hole somewhere. But what I am saying is overcome the darkness with your light, the life of Jesus everywhere that you go. But I'm not going to be buddy-buddy with somebody who's, who's pulling. You know the whole thing. The two teenagers, one's lost, one's saved, and, this guy, and your kid goes, hey, I'm going to go hang out with him because I'm going to help him. How many of you know it never works out that way? Now you got two lost kids <laughs> or backslidden or whatever. You better learn how to protect your heart in this world. It's dark out there, but you better learn how to stir up some light in your life. Can I get a witness in the house? Oh, Jeremiah, we've got to get rid of our double-mindedness. 
I've been double-minded too many times in my life. Lord, please, God, lessen it. I want to get rid of it. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways, James 1. I don't want to be that man because when I'm double-minded, I shut God's grace away from my heart until I get single-minded again. Can I get a witness in the house? Oh, Jeremiah, he's bellyaching in chapter 20 again. He said, Lord, you tricked me into this ministry. You knew what you were doing. That was so sly, Lord. You knew what I was going to go through. You tricked me, and I let myself get tricked. What he said. Everywhere I go, I'm reproached. Everything I say, threats and violence. And everybody's talking about me, and everybody's rejecting me, and I just feel so alone. And you know what I said, Lord? I said, I'm not going to preach your name anymore. But I couldn't. Come on, Justin, I couldn't. Because your word was like a fire shut up in my bones. And I'm struggling. The struggle's real. But there's something propelling me, Lord. Double-minded. Jeremiah 13 through 15. Listen. Sing to the Lord, says Jeremiah. Praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the poor from the hand of evildoers. Woo! Come on, let's give God a glory and a praise and a shout. Next verse. <laughs> Ever been there? I mean, you could have waited to the next passage, not the next sentence. Curse be the day in which I was born. Let the day not be blessed in which my mother bore me. Let the man be cursed who brought news to my father saying a male child has been born to you, making him happy. What are you happy about, Dad? Do you know what I'm fixing to go through in life? Double-minded. And God would constantly pull the men of God, Jeremiah, pull him back to a place. Elijah, what are you doing here? Pull him back into a single place. New Testament sometimes translates it sim a simple place. I fear lest Satan has tempted you in, away from the simplicity that's in Christ. That word means single. Best of the pure in heart, the single. I'm not doubting and questioning God's love and care for me. I'm all in. I'm all in. So with the power of God's release, we see Jeho Je Je Jehoshaphat. I, I, I preached this so many times in my life. Maybe it feels like I preached a thousand times, but I need to hear it. I, I know you need to hear it in your life. He was, he was dealing with the same thing in Isaiah 30 last week. When the, the Babylonians were coming, they were overpowered. And what did the Lord say? In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you would not, but you went to Egypt to get help. I'm going to get some fast horses. And God said, the horses coming against you are going to be faster than those horses. You're never going to outrun your enemy without me. Jehoshaphat heard the report that these kings were coming against him. And I want you to put yourself in this point in history. They're going to die. They do not have any 
thoughts of being able in their own strength to overcome what's coming against them. It was a bad report. It wasn't paranoia. It's real. Struggle's real. And when he heard the bad report, I mean, it's so easy to yield to your flesh. It's so easy to do what fear would do. It's so easy to, to do what frustration would do. It's so easy to do what unbelief does. It's so easy. But you know what he did? He returned and he rested. And he said, we have no power against this multitude, Lord. Neither do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Not Egypt. Not anyone else. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God came upon a prophet. He began to speak. Look at it in verse 17. Normally, I just tell, I want you to hear it, read it. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Do I need to do something? Yes. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Jude and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against him, for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. All Judah bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. That's the position. When your heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Your position in life, your position when the battle's coming, your position when everything is dark is a position of worship. Getting in the yoke, getting your head straight, your head screwed on straight, your heart back in faith. They were worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites, Kohathites, Korites, stood up to praise the Lord God with voices loud and high. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want to make this statement. There's a lot of things you can do when you're depressed. There's a lot of things you can do when you're overwhelmed. You can go through the motions. You can do a lot of things. Let me tell you one thing you can't do. You can't sing. Try it. Try the next time you're depressed and overwhelmed and just start singing to the Lord. I'm just singing to the Lord. It just don't work. Can I get a witness in the house? They're praising because they're overcoming their fear with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning, went out. As they went out, Jehoshaphat stood, said, hear me, O Judah, Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in the Lord your God, you shall be established. Believe in the Lord your God. Put your trust back in him. You're going to be okay. Believe his prophets. Believe your parents. Believe your pastor and the word they're telling you, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing and who should praise you, 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 and you, you go praise. And they went out before the army. And they were saying, praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord, for his loving kindness endures forever. Praise the Lord, because he's never stopped loving me. Praise the Lord, he loves me right now. Praise the Lord, he's going to love me tomorrow. Praise the Lord, he's never going to stop loving me. And heaven took notice. 
and heaven responded. Now when they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord, who? The Lord, the Lord, not the army, the Lord set ambushes against the people and they were defeated. I'm telling you, there's power in praise. I understand there's people that go getting ditches and they, we, we're going to name it, claim it, blab it and grab it. We're going to get up and we're going to get excited, whatever God's going to, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. But I'm going to tell you, those people that worship him in spirit and truth, when they start praising God, God starts moving on their behalf. Because their heart is loyal. The eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the whole earth, searching for those and to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal. There's, there's a singleness of heart right there. I'm going to show my strong, myself strong there. Can I get a witness? You got to see verse 30. Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was what? Read it with me. For his God gave him see this is where my rest comes from how do you preach this without mentioning Paul and Silas right I want you to see Paul and Silas in a little different light as they're arrested going to face trial maybe death Injustice, slave girl, deliver the devil out of her. You know the story. Get us arrested. Girl couldn't tell people's fortunes anymore. By the way, don't ever go around a fortune teller. Sometimes they're telling you something that's from the spirit realm, but it ain't the Holy Spirit telling them. She couldn't do that anymore. The demon got cast out of her. I just love this. First verse, first verse look, look at this. Now anybody can get up here and preach right now and preach this. Holy Spirit, what are you telling me that for? Why don't you know what time it is? But at what? But at midnight. But at midnight. We can murmur, complain, and gripe. We can fear and question God's faithfulness or Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and this is what's so important to God and the prisoners were listening. There's a prisoner that works with you. They know what you're going through and they're trying to see how you handle it because I know you go to that church down there but I want to know are you any different than me? I can murmur and complain and gripe. What are you doing? They were praying, singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly a great earthquake. Foundation of the prison was shaken. All the doors were open, and everyone's chains were. Freedom came. Peace came. Keeper of the prison, he thought he lost the prison, about to kill himself. Do yourself no harm. We're still here. Verse 29. Then he called for a what? I need a light in my life. There's people that work with that. They need a light in their life. It ain't time in this dark. Let me tell you where, where, you, where you put a light. You put a light where it's. You put a light where it's. They know it's dark. Everybody knows it's dark. They're looking for a light. He called for a light, ran and fell down, trembling before Paul and eyes. He brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Because I'm going to tell you something. You have something that I do not have. 
If I were you, I would have been cursing. I would have been so angry. I would have been griping, complaining. But there you were giving God glory for your situation and everything giving thanks. What? Is anybody following me today? So they said, believe on the, he's ready now, believe on the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. The whole house got saved. Same hour he washed their stripes, then were baptized, put forward food before him. He rejoiced having believed in God with all his, that's how the kingdom works right there. You can witness to people, you can tell them about Jesus all you want, but until they see the reality of Jesus and his overcoming power, resurrection power in your life, you're not going to have much leeway with them. They need to see the reality of Jesus in your life. Simply put, the greatest, when I'm going, and when I'm in the night, when I'm in the midnight of my life, the greatest influence upon my heart must be the goodness of God toward me. The greatest influence upon my heart must be the goodness of God, not the prison not the temporary chains of suffering, not the pain, not the problem, not the injustice, the goodness of God in your life. The greatest influence upon my heart must be Christ in me and me in Christ and his covenant promises toward me as I belong to him. I can do all things through you who strengthen me. There is no condemnation. You are meeting all of my needs in life. That's the greatest influence upon my heart. Not fear. Not doubt and unbelief. Like last week's message, the people of God, as he brought them out of Egypt, the people of God should have been focused on the goodness of God and his good plan that was leading them to a good land. To know that God who had begun a good work in them would surely be faithful to complete the good work that he started. Amen. To, to know for sure that he that had the power to bring them out of Egypt had the power to bring them into Canaan. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to you right now. But in their trials, testings, and temptations, their heart departed from God in unbelief. Their focus was on their pain, their problems, rather than on their need to praise God for his infinite wisdom, his unfailing love, and his unending faithfulness. God sees you. Psalm 139, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, that's the key, even there your hand will guide me. Your strength will support me. I could ask for the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. Somebody say amen. You see me in the dark. To you, the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and night are the same to you. I, I am acquainted with your ways. You know, my little grandkids, I, I'm, I got the pawpaw thing going on in my life. Be careful. Don't do, be careful. Get down from there. You're going to hurt yourself. Don't run on the concrete. You got sandals on. You're going to trip. You're going to hurt yourself. I got a lot of concrete around my house and my little babies, they'll run around and they'll trip every now and then they'll skin their knees. And I want to tell you, there's something that goes through my body, some kind of thing that I feel all the way down and just make, and I just want to run and grab them up and, and soothe them and help them and whatever. It's a pawpaw in me. The other day, little Luke, we bought him some bite-sized vanilla wafers. 
and he had a cup of some bite-sized vanilla wafers. And beware, parents and grandparents, of anything bite-sized. Maybe you already know this. I'm just stupid. That's fine. I'm okay. I've learned. So he's got this little cup, and he comes by me. I say, that's my cookies. Give me them cookies. That's my cookies. <laughs> and he starts eating them as fast as he can. And he's about 10 or 15 feet away, and he's turned away from me, and I'm seeing he's going. I'm like, baby, go see what's, what's wrong with Luke. Well, come to find out, son, he, he swallowed that cookie, and he couldn't breathe. And I went over there, and little Luke, he is so sensitive. If you even say anything in, in, in a tone that's kind of, you know, intense or whatever, he'll go. And it breaks my heart. Well, when he couldn't breathe, he looked up at Papa and he did that. When I tell you something happened on my insides, down in my deep, when I saw that little fella, and I want to tell you something, at that moment, I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not the kind that really panics, God gives me grace, and normally I keep a level head and so forth and so on, whatever. And you know, there were no finger swipe. I mean, it's, it, it's down there. So, you know, I turned him upside, he's most side of back. If you're a nurse, that's not the right thing to do. Just be quiet. I did it. It worked, okay? <laughs> he spit it out. I want you to understand the urgency that I was feeling at that moment. I can't even tell you. But it wasn't about fear of losing his life or panic that, you know, he's going to die now. And the Lord spoke to me. My urgency was to get him out of his fear. My urgency that I was feeling was to, to get him out of his hopeless state. His helplessness. I've learned a lot by my kids transitioning in adulthood. I've learned a lot by the second round of babies in my life. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, very clearly, he said, or the impression on my heart, do you think you love your grandbabies more than I love you? Well, that's a good question. And, you know, it's almost rhetorical. You know, of course you love me more than I. Do you really believe that? You think about that a minute. What I feel when my babies my grandbabies get hurt when, when they are in a hopeless state, when they can't breathe. See, sometimes you lose your breath in life. In those moments, we tend to run the other way when we're choking. They tell people, don't run out the room. I want to tell you, God knows when you're choking. God knows when you've skint your knee. God knows what you're going through in life. What he's wanting for you and I to do is to give him thanks for that, number one, that he knows, and to give him praise no matter what you're feeling right now as you're sitting in this room, no matter what you're going through, no matter what it looks like, no matter what the report says, take your position of worship. Amen? I want the team to come up as I tell one more little story. You know, Elise was uh, 
The other day, I, I'm, I'm working at my desk, and she's sitting next you know, to me over here, and she says, Papa, I'm copying you. I look over there. I have my hand like this. She had her hand like this. I put my hand down. She put her hand down. I crossed my leg. She crossed her leg. She's pretty good at it. You know, I, I make a certain expression. She makes that expression. She's copying Papa. Well, you know, I'm, a, I'm a sarcastic Papa, right? So I start doing this. <laughs> she didn't do half bad. That's hard for some people to do, right? Why don't you try that real quick? How many of you can do that? Well, she got kind of good at it. So I did this. They tell me that only one in 10 million people can do this. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but most people's brain isn't wired to be able to do this. Maybe it's a left-handed goofy thing. I'm not sure. So what I'm doing, I'm going one direction with this hand. I'm going another direction. You got me? I dare you to try that. And we had our laugh. As I was preaching this, I was thinking about that. We're not wired to be in fear and praise. And it's so easy to take in the world. So easy to get in fear. Pull that into our life. Come on, somebody. See that thing I shouldn't have saw. Heard that thing I shouldn't have heard. Said that thing I shouldn't have said. Treasuring up things in my life that I shouldn't be treasuring up. Living out of that treasure. Speaking out of that treasure. It's so easy. It takes no effort whatsoever. But I want to tell you as a child of God, come on somebody. You've got to turn that thing around. You've got to start stirring up. Come on somebody. It's like this. It's like a greeter. Greeters, I have, I'll have a greeter meeting. I'll say, listen to me. You, don't, you need to understand you're a two-part being. Some people say three, whatever. I don't need you out there going, I got cut and paste Sunday morning. I mean, you know, Friday evening, you know, I'm not doing good. And here comes this family up here, and you know what? And I'm just kind of still bummed about that and whatever. And I'm going just whatever, and you know, and I, nah. I got in a fight with the wife on the way up here, you know, and I just can't seem to, I just, I, that's not, I, and over the years, you know, I'm just, I'm just real. I'm just flat. I'm just real. Let me tell you what you are. You're a real carnal. That's what you are. Because as a child of God, you don't just have your flesh trying to influence you. You've got your spirit man in there. Galatians 5 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite. Come on, somebody. Do this. Are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And these two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Greeter man, let me tell you what you do. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how the thunder, the lightning, the dark clouds, I don't care what's going on in your life. The spirit man inside of you wants to love that family walking up towards you right now. It wants to bless. Come on, somebody. It wants to overcome evil with goodness. 
Stir it up. Sometimes we get in fear like Timothy got in fear. And Paul wrote him a letter and said, hey, I know you got genuine faith. I know you're the real deal. But listen to me, I know you're intimidated. I want you to stir that up. I think we have that, 2 Timothy. I want, you to, I want to remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. It's real. You got it. Jesus is in you. Stir it up. Stop doing this. Stir it up, for God has not given you a spirit of, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, overcoming spirit of love, getting out of yourself, and of a, how many of you just be honest, I need a sound mind. You know how you do that? You don't watch Dr. Phil. You don't go get counseling. You start stirring up the gift. You stop doing this every day. Meditating on things you're not supposed to be meditating on. Come on, somebody. It's night, it's night, it's night, it's night, it's night. It's dark, it's dark. It's dark, it's dark, it's dark. It's night, it's night, it's night, it's dark. Did you hear? Oh, did you hear what Biden's doing now? Oh, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark. Did you see our neighbors down the road? Oh, they're burning sage in their front yard. They're trying to get rid of demons in their life. Oh, you know. Oh, you hear, you know, over in Oregon, they're having bathrooms that have, I shouldn't have had that in my mind, female products in the men's bathroom to take care of gender, whatever. Dark is dark, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark. You better learn, come on, turn that thing around. It's light, it's light, it's light, it's light. Jesus is still on the throne. It's light, it's light, it's light. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's light, it's light, it's light. God is for me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There is no fear in love. I cast out fear. All of a sudden, heaven engages you. And you have peace and rest that you need in your heart. Is anybody listening to me? It's dry out there. And I always think about this one scripture. The people didn't have the water to drink and God was testing their heart once again. Are you going to look to me? Are you going to murmur and complain? Are you going to start taking out on your wife, your husband, your pastor, your people, the this, the that, your job place? Are you going to get in the pasture and you're going to trust God? You're going to believe God? What are you going to do when there's no water? Gather the people together, and I will, don't go to the next part, and I will give them water. Let me tell you how God gives you water. Next verse. Then Israel sang this song. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. God's for us. God's going to help us. God's going to meet our needs. Spring up, oh well. All of you. Sing to it. What I've communicated to you today, I'm not saying this in any arrogant sense whatsoever or any condemning way whatsoever, but everybody in this room, probably including myself, are failing at this. Come on. If you would acknowledge that before the Lord right now, would you just raise your hand? I'm failing. I don't, this revelation, I'm not walking it out like I need to. Now, how many of you want to grow? 
I would think after 30 years of ministry, I'd be better than that. But I, I'm better. I'm a whole lot better than I was. A whole lot better than I was back there. But I'm not attained. I'm still learning. Let me tell you what you do. When you're discouraged, depressed, overwhelmed, can't see the light of day, open your mouth and start turning it around. I can't even sing yet. You know, the Bible says those who are suffering, let him pray. Those who are rejoicing, let him sing psalms. And so there must be a transition here. Let me tell you what I've learned to do. God, you are good. Take a breath. God, you are good to me. God, you have never failed me in my life. You will never fail me. God, you love me. God, you will never stop loving me. Your mercy endures, stand to your feet. Your mercy endures forever, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. All of a sudden, chains start falling off. The place where I'm assembled starts getting shaken. Come on, somebody. If you don't know what I'm talking about, learn it, get it. All of a sudden, that, that what I know, speaking it out of my mouth, begins to transform who I am. And all of a song, all of a sudden, a song comes. Come on, somebody. And I sing my way to the truth. I don't sing my way into doctrinal correctness. That's not what it's talking about. I sing my way back into a place of truth in my life. Singleness of mind. Can I get a witness in the house? Woo! Come on, find that perfect worship song. Alexa, play Jesus, lover of my soul by Darlene Check. Oh, back in the day. Jesus, lover of my soul. How many of you know that song? Jesus, I will never let you go. You're taking me. I'm sorry to mess y'all up. From the miry clay, setting my feet upon the rock. And now I know I love you. And I... You, you know that, don't you? I wasn't real pretty, but it was effective. I want, as we sing this song, you to sing it with new revelation. On this day, in this moment in time, July 17th, is that right? 2022, I, I sowed a seed for revelation in my life to learn how to thank God in everything and to sing my way into the truth. I'm not going to ask you to come. Just do whatever. If you want to come, if you want to kneel, if you want to stay, whatever. Listen to me. If you are a believer in this house today, I'm not asking you to be like your neighbor who's, whoo, whoo. I'm not asking you to do that. Maybe it's a farmer. Maybe you're just a plumber. Maybe you just student. Maybe you just, you don't have that personality like that. I want you something maybe for the first time in your life. I want you to lift up your hands in the temple. Not now. Lift up your hands in the temple because we're in the night shift. We got, we got some responsibility. And that's to lift up holy hands, 
holy, totally separate unto God. Come on. Praying without ceasing, giving praise to our God. I don't see a lot going on. It don't matter. Let's keep the fire burning. Come on. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. You never know who you're going to cross paths with. God's going to use you. We need some worshipers. We need some, some folks that are following the Spirit of God. Whatever God said, you fall on your knees at your chair. Whatever you need to do right now, just take your position of worship and learn today. Let's learn today. He satisfies my soul. There is no one other. Come on, let's sing it, guys. You satisfy Tell him. my soul. Tell him. You Tell him. In this moment. Come on, mark this day out. Tell him. Tell him. Sow a seed right now. Sow a seed. Do it while you're weeping, but for God's sake, sow it. Sow that seed. That's what I believe. That's what I know to be true. You make my heart sing. You lift me on eagles. You might know why this is my, one of my favorite songs now. Every word, every word touches my heart. It's so true. Come on. And you take the darkest yes. night and you turn it to shining light. Just when I thought oh my that the night I'm gonna have a fit up here.
accomplishes in your life. Come on. Trust him. Hallelujah. Trials and tests.